Morena, and welcome to the live Dawn Chorus uh, on a, in webinar form on Riverside for paying subscribers. Bit of an experiment, and um, we'll keep it going. Essentially, I put together a presentation and spend 10 minutes on a few of the things that I've picked out uh, from the papers and from the news overnight and in the last day or so, and have a chat about what I think it means particularly around uh, housing, climate, and poverty uh, in Aotearoa's political economy. So uh, let's have a look now at uh, what is the big news in the last uh, day or so, and that is more trouble for uh, um, more trouble for the National Party uh, because of the um, issue with its foreign buyers tax. Now, you may have seen over the last day or so, a group of economists have put out a report essentially tearing to shreds the forecasts put forward by National a couple of weeks ago, and which National are refusing to um, release the modelling for. So the three economists are uh, Michael Riddell, uh, former Reserve Bank senior economist for a couple of decades, uh, Sam Warburton, who um, does a lot of this sort of research into uh, property prices and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, we have uh, um, Nick Goodall, who is the head of research at CoreLogic and has access to the data on sales. So there we have it. Um, I hope you can see that. That's uh, the first of the five slides I got today, which show that um, the economists have effectively shredded that plan by looking at the number of houses to be sold. I will include an interview with Nick Goodall, the audio of an interview with Nick Goodall in the um, in the full podcast version that goes out with the email later today. Suffice to say that National is assuming around about 1,700 house sales per year at an average of $2.9 million to get to the $2.5 billion worth of tax revenues over four years. And the economists uh, have gone through what was being sold before the ban came in, looked at how many houses there are um, in those sorts of price ranges. And the best they can come up with is around about 700 houses being sold each year. Uh, they've got another scenario which has about 500 um, sales per year. And essentially, they see that the best that um, the National Party can get out of it is around about $200 million a year, not the 700 and something million dollars a year that National have assumed. So that leaves a $2 billion hole in their plans. Now, um, there has been some pushback on, to this from Castalia, and I talked to Nick Goodall about this, but uh, this is quite a damaging attack, um, not an, a deliberate attack or a political attack. You've got three economists from across the political spectrum who have access to um, the key data, who understand this market, and are putting up very credible and strong um uh, rebuttals to National's plan. And the problem for National is it's refused for nearly two weeks to release the um, uh, the modelling for uh, how they came up with their $2.5 billion number. And one of the interesting bits and pieces uh, from the last day or so is that it looks like Labour are jumping onto this. And uh, what we saw last night was uh, an interesting... 
um, uh, um, exchange in the finance leaders debate in Queenstown. But let's have a closer look at this this modelling, um, which you can see here. This is the um, table produced in the Economist report, which shows on the left um, National assuming seven hundred and thirty nine point five million dollars a year, with seventeen hundred sales overall. But the economists have three models, and essentially the best they can come up with um, is around about $286 million in revenues per year with 700 sales. The problem here is that National is assuming there will be a surge in the number of purchases by foreign buyers well above pre-ban levels. Um, they argue that um, people will not only um, – uh, jump in to buy up uh, properties worth more than $2 million. Um, but it's pretty clear that those people who are looking to sell properties that maybe are worth between one and a half and $2 million will have immediately put their prices up. And um, the question is, uh, how keen will uh, foreign buyers be to essentially overpay for those properties under $2 million? And um, the estimates from the economists are, uh, really challenge the National Party's estimates. Now, this is a big problem for National because uh, their argument has been all along that this is a revenue-neutral package of tax cuts funded by various bits and pieces. And uh, this tax uh, on foreign buyers is a good... Uh, uh, 20 to 30 percent uh, of the funding for that tax cut. So this is a problem. And to give you a sense of how this is uh, developing, last night there was a finance leaders debate in Queenstown. And you might recall over the years, there's been various um, uh, uh, uses of the phrase, show me the money. Um, by the way, great movie with Tom Cruise, about the only great movie with Tom, Tom Cruise in it. Uh, show me the money. And Grant Robertson was on top form last night. Uh, he threw back at Nicola Willis on the stage. At least I've got a plan. Where are your costings? Show us the costings, Nicola. And that, I suspect, will be a chorus um, that we hear through the election campaign in the next couple of days. The other thing that Labour are focusing on is some comments by Nicola Willis in that stand-up that I went to a couple of days ago, in which she was asked, um, what are you going to do as soon as you get into power? Are you going to have some sort of um, emergency mini-budget? Will you be cutting cutting costs and staff uh, quickly, uh, certainly before Christmas? And she said that um, a new government would. And Labor have jumped on this uh, and um, uh, accused uh, National of planning thousands of job cuts before Christmas, um, which uh, you'd expect in this sort of robust uh, election campaign, but it gives you a sense of the pushback that National are going to get on spending cuts. And questions will be asked about where the spending cuts will be, who's going to get sacked. And uh, not that a lot of those um, votes in, in Wellington were going to go National, but it may concern those people who are worried about uh, instability. Okay, and the other big news that's come out in the last uh, day or two is, uh, or the last day, last night, is National's farming policy. It's not the entire farming policy. It's just a couple of the bits and pieces. We've yet to see National's approach on emissions. Remember that uh, we've got this fundamental issue with uh, um, farm emissions. About half of our emissions come from farming. It's not included in the emissions trading scheme. 
the Zero Carbon Act uh, says that it should be by the end of next year, and um, the current government has basically left it to the last minute on that, attempts to um, have a a cooperative uh, um, inclusion of the farming sector in the ETS seems to have broken down in the Hairwalker Economic process. I suspect um, the uh, views of the polls have had something to do with that. Um, the farmers have sensed that they may just have to just um, wait it out and they'll get the party in power that they want. So we haven't heard yet from National on what they're planning for emissions uh, from farming. Um, uh, uh, although it's interesting, we're starting to hear a lot more um, pushback on the idea that um, farm emissions are as potent or more potent than uh, uh, carbon emissions. That's an interesting question. Um, Catherine Dyer will be having a look at that. But we did get some policy that came out um, uh, last night from Todd McClay. So um, one of the things that the National have said they'll do if they get into power is to make um, larger scale uh, water storage, so farm dams, um, a permitted activity under a national environment policy statement. So essentially no need for resource consent for larger farm dams. And they'll extend the water consents on uh, these sorts of dams from the existing 10 years, which Labor has put in place, to 30 years. Uh, they'll restart live cattle exports. That's not too much of a surprise, but um, worth uh, noting uh, for the record. And they'll also make uh, vegetable and fruit farming a permitted activity under the resource consent system, so no need for resource consent for vegetable and fruit farming. Uh, again, using the National Environment Policy Statements to do that. But the other um, aspect that will uh, um, raise a few eyebrows is uh, National have said they will double the registered, um, sorry, the recognised seasonal employer cap to 38,000 within five years. So you will know that um, the RSE scheme is designed to bring in workers from the Pacific to uh, work seasonally, picking fruit, um, doing all sorts of uh, theory work, work that only requires someone to be in the country for um, three to six months or so. And uh, um, it's been criticised over the years for um, leading to migrant abuse, for um, cramming uh, uh, workers into unsuitable accommodation and um, essentially, you know, uh, treating uh, migrant workers pretty poorly. Now, those numbers, in fact, this is a scheme that's worked under both sets of governments, and it's a very effective way, actually, to get a lot of cash uh, flowing back to the islands um, and uh, uh, for a lot of farmers and um, horticulturalists, this is a very useful scheme. But what it does do, again, is it puts extra pressure on uh, housing and other resources in some of those regional areas, um, the Hawke's Bay, Napier, um, Gis uh, Gisborne, um, uh, Hastings, Nelson, Blenheim, uh, those sorts of places. And uh, it will be interesting to see what other changes National would make to the RSC scheme. There have been suggestions that the RSC scheme could be used to bring in construction workers, and we'll see what that means. But again, part of the background here is that uh, already under Labor, we've seen uh, net migration explode to 96,200 in the last 12 months. Uh, Treasury is expecting it to go to over 100,000 the next month or two on an annualised basis. 
and National have said that they will further loosen the migration settings uh, to uh, bring in extra workers, and this is one way in which that would happen. So uh, that's one to watch out for. Again, my main complaint here is that uh, we have an accidentally on purpose, very high population growth strategy without the infrastructure to pay for it, and it's not being debated in any great to any great extent. So uh, there we have it. Uh, that is um, uh, today's uh, uh, dawn course in webinar form experimentally on Riverside. Uh, I look forward to um, having a quick look at the chat um, later today. We've obviously got the Ask Me Anything. I'm toying with the idea of doing another one of these for the Ask Me Anything, and I'd be curious to know what people think of that. And uh, we've obviously got the Hoon later on today with Peter Bale, um, Robert Patman, and Josie Pagani. And I'll be asking um, uh, for suggestions for uh, special guests. I'm going to see what we can get, particularly around um, the uh, uh, climate um, area. Um, <laughs> just having a quick look at the chat here um, from... Uh, David, David, g'day, how's it going? Um, I'm loving all your contributions on the chat. Uh, Caro, um, Morena, not so sure about the good part. Well, just nearly the weekend, although it's raining in Auckland, bugger it. Um, uh, golden residence visas with the houses. That's an interesting point from Michelle. Um, good question to ask the Nets. Uh, would they put an, a carrot into that to make sure they get their 1700 sales? And, um, Gary Taylor, EDS for the Hoon. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, thanks, Glennis. Um, uh, really um, appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad, Sarah, that it's uh, sunny in Ōtaki. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was the Dawn Chorus, a bit of a, um, a special experiment, uh, which I enjoyed, and I hope you found uh, useful as well. I will be back in touch again with the Ask Me Anything at midday, and then we've got Bahoon at 5 o'clock. Ka kite anon.